There it is. All right. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to another interview here with The Art of Badass. I'm Sheena from Krav Maga Salem, and I am joined today from Minnesota, Michael Pilhofer, who is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you guys are going to really learn a lot from him. He's got a lot of information to share with us today. So uh, let's sit back and enjoy. Michael, welcome to uh, the interview. And uh, can you tell the folks who don't know you a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for letting me kind of share a little bandwidth with you guys. Um, so as you had mentioned, right, so Michael Pilhofer, um, I have a strength and conditioning gym um, out of the Twin Cities area, Minneapolis, specifically a little bit of the Southwest Metro, uh, my facility has, we've been in business actually March 30th of this month will be 11 years, which is crazy. Um, and I've lived in pretty much the Twin Cities my whole life. I did some schooling outside of the city, but was, I just love the Twin Cities kind of Midwest area. So it's been home for me forever. So it's great. Oh, and it's such a beautiful area. I've, I've gotten to spend a little bit more time in that area as of lately. Um, and it's, it really is beautiful and the people are so welcoming. Yeah. Well, in the Pacific, I mean, where you are is gorgeous. I have some very good friends that own some facilities out in that area and I visit all the time. And with the exception of sort of the cool raininess of your winters, I'll take my 40 below zero and sunny and snowy all day. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how you do that, but that's all right. <laughs> I know when I was there last time, when my first time, uh, as I was driving to some of the trainings that we were doing, there were people crossing, uh, crosswalks and snowmobiles and uh, they oh, were, yes. they were all going out to eat dinner and you could see the snowmobile parking. I was instantly jealous. That looked amazing. <laughs> and I absolutely need to come back during a better time of year where I have more time for that for sure. Yeah, but I, so, I always joke that, I mean, there are people that obviously live here and they complain about the winters and I'm like, like, for God's sake, like, it's no mystery. Like you either enjoy it, embrace it and, and like extract the most out of it or, you, or move. I mean, come on, it's six months out of the year. <laughs> like, my God. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about uh, MSP Fitness and kind of how that all came to start. Um, first, let's talk about MSP and the name and how it all came about. <laughs> it is a cute little play on. Um, and so my middle initial is, is S. Um, Scott is my middle name. And then that led into people going, Michael Scott, oh, do you ever watch The Office? And I have to admit, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I've seen snippets and I, I find it amusing, but I've never actually sat down and enjoyed a full episode. So at some point, I know there's a huge resource there waiting for me to binge on. Um, but yeah, uh, MSP is my initials. Um, and that also happens to correspond to the airport code of Minnesota, the Twin Cities area. So if, if those that are in that area, you just know the initials. So it's kind of a fun little playoff of both my initials and the name of the business in the region that we're in. The funny thing is that Literally, I will have clients that will be with me for a long time or a short time. And at some point, all of them will be like, hey, wait a minute. You're a, that, oh, that's so, like, they'll finally connect. Because I don't, I kind of keep it a little sneaky and a little hidden. Um, so that's kind of fun. But yeah, that's the origin of the name. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's such a great way to uh, be found through, you know, things yeah. like Google. And, you know, and it, it just connects you with the city that you love and you've been in for so long. So that's yep. Fantastic. Yep. So tell me, how did you get involved with fitness and nutrition? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I, my answer to that always comes back to a common thread in my life, so I'm 50, um, is teaching. I've been an educator, I feel like, my whole life. Um, we'll probably touch on it 
but I take this all the way back to, I started off as a full-time musician. I was a drummer for years. I paid my mortgage and lived by playing drums. This was back in the day when, you know, recording commercials existed and you could literally make a good solid living uh, playing music. So I did that all the way through kind of my twenties and early thirties, but there was a middle period right around the mid twenties where I, it's a long conversation worthy of another podcast where I had the opportunity to actually go back and teach my high school band program for a very short window. And if you would have known me the day before I stepped into that room in that mindset, you would be like, Michael, teacher? What are you kidding me? Nah, he's a drummer. He's like, teacher? What? And I swear, I stepped into that environment and my life, it was like a, the most dramatic door change, you know, like door A, door B, what you going to go through? Didn't even know there was a door B. And once I stepped through that in my mid-20s, I'm like, uh, this is what I got to do. I have to, like, this is my calling. So, so from that, um, that pursued me going back and finishing an undergraduate in music performance and jazz studies for drums. And then I did a, a master's in music education, came back into the cities. And we're coming back to your question. This is how I operate. So just bear with it. And the rest will be watching. Um, so I finished, I uh, came back. I taught uh, high school music, actually, for three years. Loved it in a bizarro parallel universe that job I could have stayed in and retired in. Um, unfortunately, I got laid off because of 9-11 um, economic realities then. So then I went and taught uh, college music for about eight. While that was happening, I love, I mean, teaching was my, I mean, that's what I want to do. I'm like, this is, this is, this is who I am. Still playing in, professionally, but not full-time. And fitness was sort of just an enjoyable thing on my own, but martial arts was sort of my main enjoyment at that point. And I got involved um, from a friend of mine who got me in, uh, initially involved in Taekwondo into jujitsu. So this is now early 2000s. And I was just getting pummeled on the mat, pummeled. And I'm like, you know, fuck this. So this is 2006 now. And the same place that I was doing my jujitsu uh, training was the first and only CrossFit gym in the entire state. He was the first one to bring CrossFit to the state. And I was always kind of looking across the room going, interesting yeah and my friend who got me involved in it was like man you got to come and try this barbell shit out and i'm like i don't want i just want to do this and then i just got tired of getting pummeled and i'm like all right let's talk about that barbell shit so i went and it's like as soon as i got my hands around a barbell i was like oh i gotta do this so then it was just deep dive self-enjoyment self you know fulfilling prophecy of work there to be better on the mat and then my teaching hat just kept sort of sprouting and I started watching people move and I'm like, you know, I want to learn more about this thing. So I started pursuing some local masters in the field and found an amazing Olympic weightlifting coach um, who was actually part of the 1980 Olympic team and started mentoring under him. And I'm like, man, I love this. And I started mentoring under the coach that sort of was my jujitsu guy at the CrossFit place and that kept going. And then I started pursuing some education within CrossFit. And then I started pursuing maybe the chance, I know long answer, sorry, um, the chance to get uh, maybe a partnership with him because I started to work within his business and for him. Um, and that kind of now brings us up to about 2008. Um, and at that point, the things around, and this is also due to my own ignorance, the things around us partnering up just didn't play out. So at that point, that fell apart. I was like, oh my gosh, now I couldn't go do jujitsu anymore because this relationship completely fell fallen. And I, this is the exact conversation because I've told it a million times and I'll say it again. I remember sitting down with my wife and my wife was like, you know, you're going to, you should open up your own place. And I'm like, I think literally I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. She's like, no, you will always regret 
not having done that. And I'm like, no way, no, we're not doing that. And, she, and, I'm, and she's like, seriously, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like, a lot. She's like, what's the worst that can happen? I'm like, we can lose a bunch of money. And she's like, so what? I'm like, it would mostly be your money. And she's like, let's do that. So in 2009, <laughs> March 30th, 2009, we basically opened up at that time CrossFit MSP, which was the third affiliate of CrossFit back then. You can get into it if you want to through reasons that are very appropriate for my values around health and fitness. I de-affiliated from CrossFit probably three or four years after participating an affiliate. Um, just for my own values and purpose. And then fast forward to today, and here we are. So, <sighs> That's a fantastic <laughs> answer. Fantastic. <laughs> so full of everything. I, no, that was great. I love all the details. And I mean, just that journey. I mean, and, you know, as we come up to that point where we talk about owning a business, I mean, you know, now, and especially during what we have going on here as oh, the, the global pandemic, it's scary to start your own business scary. it's scary but there's no real put your toes in the water type of it's either dive in head first or don't do it at all and uh it's a gigantic leap of of faith on on any number of different things that that put entrepreneurs like yourself in that role um obviously i can understand all the reasons as to why you were concerned about jumping into a business but since that time I mean, what have you found to be some of the biggest joys? I mean, selfishly, it's, I get to, I mean, it, for better or for worse, I get to do whatever I want. I mean, I, my biggest reason for, and it was probably the, it was actually the right choice, not finding a partnership relationship in that initial situation I was in. I was already starting to grow apart from where his value systems were around the gym he wanted to have for himself and he had every right because it was his business so that was kind of a, a, a thankful scenario of, of that falling apart and then my wife supporting me and creating and having the support system that i needed to be able to build what we built um and then as that started with crossfit as i pursued more and more education around my my own values and, and i had some brilliant mentors that really just allowed me to better understand what was important for me, what kind of, what fitness meant to me, what type of business I wanted to create, how I wanted to serve the world, how I wanted to serve the, my clients, what those clients looked like, felt like, what I, what was my end game and all of that. I could never do that if it weren't my own place. It were, I could never evolve my business on a whim, but never a whim, to shape it the way I've shaped it. Um, and I, you know, I'll go down in a flame of glory, but at least, you know, in the end, it's like, I only have myself to start an answer to. Um, and I'm really, I'm, I'm definitely not the best business person, no question. But I, I sadly, and it's been a frustration, and I'll be honest with you, I feel like I have an exceptionally good program and I have really good skills to help people in this crazy thing we call health and fitness. But um, and with that, I've always accepted the fact that I may not be the biggest gym. I, I don't want, I'm never, I never thought about scaling it to multiple facilities. I've always had a very small intimate staff because I don't, I want that intimacy between myself or my clients and us. So like I said, flame of glory, but in the end, I'm, I'm really proud of where we've evolved to, to today. And yeah, in the scariest times now, we're continuing to evolve very quickly. <laughs> so yeah, hit it.
<laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. You know, uh, especially as a, a business owner, the intimacy that you can really develop with your clients and in that industry is so important. And, you know, it comes a long way to bring both your physical health and mental health with somebody that you trust um, to be able to achieve those goals and, and kind of, you know, change, change your life. Because a lot of people come in looking for a lifestyle change and they don't recognize that increasing their health, changing their nutritional, uh, uh, you know, plans are going to increase them both mentally, emotionally, and, you know, just in longevity alone. So I think having that intimacy is really, really important. Um, on that note, though, can you tell me, I'm sure you have probably a million of them. Is there a favorite success story you love to share? Oh, success stories. Yeah. Um, probably a, hand, a, a number of them. I mean, interestingly, I remember my mentor, one of my main mentors, um, it makes me think of a conversation that he and I had one back in the day where he joked, mind you, this, this is a guy that's coached Olympians. I mean, you know, I mean, high level athletes. And he, one day we were all sort of in a you know group of, it was, I think it was a seminar that we were taking. And, um, and he was talking about like, I'd rather sit down and chat with the coach that takes, you know, a, a 50 year old person who's incredibly out of shape and brings them towards a lifestyle of health and fitness than a person that takes an Olympian, an Olympic level athlete from 9.7 to 9.725. Like, and that just blew me away because in the end I work mostly with general health and fitness people, just Joe Schmo people. You know, I have the joy, Olympic weightlifting is sort of my specialty. And if there's one area that I can excel, I would say I excel at that, that's it. And I do have a handful of very specific clients that train for that sport. But in the end, I just work with Joe Jane, lawyers and house people. I mean, just everyday normal person. So like my, the most exciting stories are, I can think of one person that came to me and I'll try to keep it brief where, you know, it's the classic story of they see fitness as an, as a, as a outlet without acknowledging all the other truths that have to be in place for fitness to actually even make sense as a choice. In the end, we our lives are just a game of stress and release. It's a game of fight or flight. And people don't understand that, you know, me grabbing my cell phone every 20 seconds and seeing emails or texts from, like we're, in, we're constantly being tossed into fight and flight every second of the day. Like we're chased by lions thousands of times within a, you know. So for somebody who doesn't want to even acknowledge any of those things, has a horrific lifestyle, has unhappy, you know, relationships, toxic world, and then they just want to come and, train their way out of that like no way and i remember sitting down with it with one of my favorite long-term clients who's now a long-term friend of mine who came to me sort of with that mindset and i you know i can see the writing on the wall but i also knew that she wasn't ready to hear all of that yet you kind of have to take people where they're at and i literally you know we started off very carefully in her training which i always will do appropriate to the person's ability and i remember two weeks in i remember her calling texting me saying I had to go home from work. Like I felt so, t I was exhausted. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I've never, f and then we started talking because this is a person who ate, never ate breakfast, skipped lunches because work was way too stressful. If there was some dinner, like possibly, and we were starting on a relatively thoughtful, but you know, strength and conditioning program. So she was doing work. So her body had no space to take this new stress on. And she needed to sort of be, 
punished is the wrong word. Please, please understand that. But she needed, her body needed to sort of like knock on the door and say like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you kidding me? For us to be able to sort of disarm her from, I think I know everything to like, you know, maybe we should talk about some of this other stuff like sleep and lifestyle because maybe that does matter. And her transformation and the process of us working through that over like years, this is the joy is seeing somebody not, it's not a one day, anything that makes, has any value is going to take time. So to watch her over years, I think we worked together for about five years before she moved um, out to New York was just exceptional from when we, we will go back and talk about like, remember that day when you first came and then like where you, she is now. And it's just like, those to me are the stories that goosebumps, you know, those are the people and it sounds so sort of, you know, romantic -y and obnoxious, but it's like, I mean, changing one person's life like that is enough to feel that what I've done and the choices that I've made in the business that I've created, like it was all worth it. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, life is short and if we can be a positive element of, of change for any, even one human being, I feel like we've done our job, let alone more than one. And I have to remind myself that because in a, as you know, as a business owner, it's so easy to get muddled into the, the, the darkness of running a business. You forget, and I forget, all the people that I've had the luxury to positively change, even up to today. Oh, you know, I want to keep doing it, but... <laughs> yes. Well, and like you said, it's so easy to fall back into working in your business and not on your business. You know, you get stuck behind the desk or answering the calls or running the numbers and comparing, or comparing, you know, all sorts of different stuff. But, you know, when we have that opportunity to sit back and remember that we started that business, not because we were looking to make the almighty dollar, but because we saw the vision, we saw a different vision of the world than anybody else was putting out. Um, and with the goal to uh, affect and change the world, uh, most of my, my members, <laughs> they joke and laugh with me because they often hear um, when they come into my office and I'm working on a project I'm excited about, oh, what are you working on? I always make the joke, world domination. <laughs> I love it. But it really is, I, I want to affect change globally in the best and most positive ways so that people can be the best person that they can potentially be and continue to grow within themselves. And I think that's something that you do there at MSP. I think you really dive deeper into just the, okay, great, you're here and you want to look good naked. Let's explore a little bit more than that. Yeah, I, I, I always say that it's, we're a lot more than just reps and sets. Um, mind you, that's what the medium that we're going to work within, but the, the deeper levels that we will expose and extract from all of our clients that may, they, they may, not, may not even know, but at some point it's all in play. And that's to me where I'm the most fulfilled. I mean, when I have the opportunity and, and I think in a, in a prior life or in a different life, I'd be more like a psychologist. Like I love working with the, 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 the lifestyle, the energy, the mental side of, of, of life with people and people come to me and they think it's reps and sets and then they realize all of a sudden we're talking about all these other big topics and it's like it all is the same it all connects if we don't yeah, look at those connects. things then then the work that you're doing is very hollow you know so let's let's make it rich and let's get to it so yeah. <laughs> absolutely <It's not> for... <laughs> yes so so i got another question for you i mean you're you're somebody who has just this rich background of different experience and knowledge and skill set you know, but as somebody who, you know, has made all these accomplishments and, and can set the trophies on the shelf, 
why is it that you can continue to train and do it passionately where mm. others may maybe kind of hang their coat or their hat on one ring and say, I learned that one thing and that's just kind of what I'm going to coast with. And I'm done. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I would, you know, I'll be transparent with you when I was, you know, up until when I started kind of getting into martial arts, like I didn't necessarily train. I mean, mind you, I was moving. I mean, I played drums professionally, which is, you know, I mean, there's a lot that goes on there, but primarily, and I have had the, I've had the opportunity of, of working with coaches too, um, for the purpose of it makes me a better, my first reason to train, hey, hey. <laughs> Hello. My, my main reason to train, honestly, is to make sure that I'm authentic in what I'm doing as a coach, and that it makes me a better coach. Um, it's not that I, I expect, you know, you don't have to be the best basketball player to coach the best basketball team. I mean, let's be honest, some of the best coaches are not practitioners. At the same time, obviously, some of the best practitioners are horrible coaches. So I felt like I wanted to be the best of both. Um, I wanted to not worry about how much weight I could lift, but if I had to, and I constantly have to demonstrate and use myself as a model to show what I want, I want to be able to pick up the barbell, pick up whatever implement or whatever I'm offering to somebody. I want to know what that has felt like for myself. Otherwise, like, what am I doing? If, if we're just sort of telling people to do stuff and we've never tasted what that actually is, I think that's really a dangerous kind of disingenuous place to disingenue with just some genuine, something like that. You can fix that in the mix um, place to be. It's like, how, how do you know what you're doing? Um, so I hope that makes sense to you. That, that's, oh. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and that's one thing I encourage all of my instructors continue to train, you know, I, as somebody who trains several different martial arts and has, loads of martial arts within my school, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people come to my school from other locations and um, it's almost a cult-like mentality and you're not allowed to train something else. You're not allowed to go somewhere else mm -hmm. where my attitude is, oh, there's that type of training. Let's go. Let's go train something different right. because how do you know what you don't know if you don't try it? Absolutely. And there may be something out there, you know, especially for a, a strength and conditioning coach, there might be a lift or a movement or a style of movement that maybe you haven't had the opportunity to play with that could be really helpful for one of your clients or one of your members. And so the more that you can learn, the more you can, no, more knowledge you can gain, the more people you can help, right? Yeah. And, and I would maybe also just interject for those that are listening. Um, there's a real, there's a, it's a worthy of almost an entirely different podcast. Like what you need, what health is and fitness don't necessarily mean the same thing. There are a lot of people training out there that are training themselves in the opposite direction of health. Um, so I think it's really important to have a coach and a mentor that is aware of these deeper questions so that they can extract from the client what this person's motivations really are, what, the, what their why really is, what their short, medium, long-term goals truly are as best that they can vision that out because i i mean it's one of the main reasons in all honesty why i pushed away from crossfit is i just see people training them pummeling themselves into a deep dark hole and it's like hmm like if you like a sport pursue the sport and the sport has requirements great different conversation but if you want long-term health and fitness so that when you're 90 years old you are standing upright and able to pick shit up and move around and be vital that's a very different conversation. And you need to be thinking about that when you're 20, not when you're 65 going, mm, maybe I should have 
moved a little more and didn't sit in a chair as much and picked shit up and gotten outside and gotten sun and ate a little better. Doesn't have to be perfect. You know, was nicer to my neighbor. I mean, stuff like that. Like that's health and fitness, and I will stop because that's a soapbox that I will step off. Of. <laughs> but I 100% agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, it would be silly for me not to bring up the amount of phenomenal, huge name coaches and instructors and folks that you have trained under and with and learned from. Um, of that, in the very best of ways, who surprised you and kind of gave you more bang for your buck or over, uh, you know, over, uh, overdid kind of in the best of ways, what you were prepared for. Maybe they said they were going to teach you this much and you learn this much. Who would you pinpoint? Yep. Easiest answer in the world. Um, my personal mentor, a coach of mine too, that I, I had the pleasure to learn from. I did, I've done the most education under, um, a brilliant coach out of Calgary, Canada, a guy named James Fitzgerald, um, who, for those that are in the CrossFit world, um, he was the winner of the first CrossFit Games, which really doesn't matter. However, it's an interesting tidbit for somebody to maybe presume. He owns and runs a facility now out of Scottsdale, Arizona called OPEX, O-P-E-X Fitness. Um, and I, my wife, oddly enough, found him through a podcast listening to a Rob Wolf podcast in early 2009. And she's like, there's this guy up in Canada, and I think you need to go find him. And I'm like, uh, where's, like, Calgary? Where's that? Um, but off I went and flew up to freaking Nowheresville, Canada. And, um, and I remember sitting with him and just his first, his first couple minutes of just listening to him talk. And the thing that you would either love or hate about him is he is a man of no answers. He is a man of it depends. I am in an industry of it depends. There Anybody who has... This is a Todd Bossy quote, right? If anybody has an absolute answer to a contextual question, run the fuck as fast as you can in the opposite direction. Health and fitness is the same way. There's no best exercise. There's no best this, best that. There's what might be optimal for you today, this moment. I don't care what worked for you 10 years ago, and I don't know what's going to work for you in 10 years. We'll talk about right now. So he, very frustratingly, um, but in a most beautiful way, just kept forcing me to figure out me. He, he has incredible teaching uh, certification opportunities to learn to be a coach. But in the end, what that helped me do is figure out how, what kind of coach I wanted to be and ask those deep, dark questions of me, which has evolved my entire business. And, and um, so unquestionably over-delivered because he made me really see this big picture and ultimately my picture versus other trainings that I've done. Brilliant coaches, but it's like, here's the answer here's the system. And it's like, great, I'll take it. But once you have that experience, and I come from a music background, so I know that it's everything is kind of contextual in the moment, like there's no one easy way. So yeah, he was the guy, unquestionably. Well, one of my favorite things about you, Michael, is that your background and the hobbies you kind of are involved in are ever changing and growing, and you're not afraid to kind of, if you will, drive out of what people might think of who you are is. So you've been a musician, you've been a martial artist, you've been involved with fitness and nutrition. Um, you know, you currently work a lot over with Todd Fossey at Integrative Defense Strategies. 
But one of the things that um, I think you're an unsung hero of is the videography that you do for integrative yeah, strategies, I love that. which is beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, Thank Todd you. has Todd has one certain mind for the way that some of that goes, but I can pinpoint the stuff that you do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, trying to just draw inspiration and knowledge from so many different places? You know, I think there's a creativity theme that that rounds all of that. And and I it's funny because when Todd and you've had the pleasure of learning from him too, when Todd talks about the different ways that we learn and the different way that we process things. And I think about my upbringing in music, I want to say that that actually is the underpinning to everything. I mean, a jazz drummer um, primarily, but obviously burst in many styles, being able to, to when you're in that kind of creative environment, you're you're taking all this external information in you're basing it off of previous experiences that you've either mapped or prepared or pr produced your own self and you're creating something immediately on the fly and go and i think as you go through all of what i've done there's common themes along through that and videography to me has a lot of the same thing i mean as i'm thinking about holding the camera and trying to find a shot and find a moment that is interesting and then ultimately creating you know having all of those elements out there like ingredients and then pulling those ingredients together to make you know a dish for that moment right there based on those ingredients and then you move on to a new set of ingredients because you have new files and new environments to build from and um it's i love the videography part i kind of wish in another life I, I could like i would do that more too i mean it's just but it's just it's creative um I, yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. I could, I, I, I've enjoyed that sort of, that's been a nuance that's kind of come in in the last probably eight years for me. Um, it started with put, having to put all the videos that are on our current website together. So I edited all that back up in the day and that just opened up and like, this is fun. Like, wait a minute. And then that's, and then meeting Todd and then the two of us see a lot of things similarly and from just an eye standpoint. So we work really well together. Um, it's just a joy. And I, I think for me, I've always been, a person um, similar to my music background where I'm not in music you have musicians that are like exceptional at one style of music and I think in life you have these masters of like one thing and I'm a bit more of a jack-of-all-trades guy and I'm okay with that I'm okay with being good and quality and like maybe really good I don't know I'm not master necessarily in certain things but I let the creativity that I can get out of having multiple domains to go in and play just keeps life fun. It keeps it rich for me. Um, I think I'd go really bored really fast if I had just one thing to do. <laughs> well, wonderful. So uh, for the people who want to learn more about what you are doing, what you've got coming up, how to get in touch with you and even train with you, uh, where can they find that information? Yeah. So as it sounds, mspfitness.com. Um, and I will, you know, a little bit of a shameless plug. Uh, I mean, we are in a new era right now and, and with what's going on right now, you know, training, which has for many people is a in-person thing. And I'm, and I'm not going to lie. I'm the most, I have, I have the most value when I work one-on-one -on -one with somebody in person, but I've been coaching online and we're coaching remote training people for a decade. Um, you know, now everybody's scrambling to talk about that. And I'm like, I've been doing that for a long time. Like, okay, come on to the party. Um, but I do a lot of individualized training. That's my main goal. Uh, um, we offer some group fitness work too, but for me, what I've been doing mostly for about the last eight to 10 years has been more individualized one-on-one -on -one training, both in on-site and remote. 
Um, so mspfitness.com, um, any email or any way to get to me will get to me because it's a small shop. So you're kind of, I always joke that when I meet new clients and we kind of go through that interview and chat conversation, I'm like, you're what you're getting here is kind of what you're going to get. So if you like it, great. If you don't, well, it's been nice knowing you. Well, and I think especially with what's going on right now, somebody like yourself who's been doing remote coaching for a long time, this isn't a one week, two week thing for you. You've been doing it for a regular basis. You've got this whole background of information. You know, I think it's, I think it's easier for people to be able to reach out to quality coaches like yourself from across the nation. Um, And so the more we can kind of get your information out there to people, I think is more beneficial and Oh, absolutely. And so I I highly recommend reaching out. You know, this is the perfect time to get started at home because again, right, you you don't have to leave your home. You can do it at home, right? And you're not walking into a crowded gym where there's 300 other people sweating all over each other. You know, it's as comfortable as it's ever going to get. It's as personal as it's ever going to get. And those are for most people, the biggest hurdles to get over is walking through that gym door or committing to it then and there. When this becomes, especially with remote coaching and fitness, it's a very one-on-one experience. Uh, and so it, it makes it easier, truthfully. So I, I highly recommend it. I highly re- uh, recommend reaching out to Michael or just chatting with him and, and seeing what he might be able to offer you. Uh, Michael, anything else to add? No, I just appreciate your time and hope everybody got something out of this and enjoyed it. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Uh, well, thank you so much for stopping in. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I bug you for another one of these, depending on no, how long it. this pandemic goes on. <laughs> <laughs> so just remember, stay inside, stay healthy, and uh, let's chat again soon. Uh, everybody else will be coming at you with more interviews well, in a very short period of time. So, Michael, have a great day. Everybody else, have a great day, and we'll talk soon. Take care.